My name is Beth Ann Seaman, and I haven't been here for a little while, so some familiar faces, but some of you I don't recognize, so welcome. It's, it's great to be back. Um, just to give you a little bit of background about myself, I recently celebrated 10 years of marriage, which that's the longest I've ever done anything, so that's really fantastic. Uh, and I'm a homeschooling mom to three little boys, ages eight, six, and three, so that's why you don't see me very often. Um, but I wanted to share with you in, in the spirit of full disclosure that I am very, very, very nervous. Uh, and if you know me at all, that is probably not a word you would use to typically describe me. Uh, you probably wouldn't describe me as anxious. Um, but there are a few things in my life that, that I call the story of my life, the puzzle that is my life that God has brought together that make me a little uncomfortable to talk about. And oftentimes I cry. And raise your hand if you like to cry in front of people. Okay, we've got one person. You can come on up. No. Uh, <laughs> I am going to look at you the whole time so you can make me feel better about crying. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, honestly, I have prayed to give up those nerves. And if I appear nervous, I know that God has a purpose for that. And that's something that in the um, in our desire to be more authentic with one another, in front of one another, I know, again, God has a purpose for that. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Um, so that being said, I have definitely learned in my life, as maybe you have, that when God calls me to something, if it is something with which I am completely comfortable, then chances are he's not done. <laughs> so um, before I really walk you through what I believe God wants me to share with you today, as you listen to my story, please be listening for the following three things and how those things may apply to your individual story. The first thing is that he does speak to us. The second thing is that he does redeem our sins and sins against us for his glory. And lastly, again, be thinking, how may God be using your story? How may he want to use your particular puzzle that is your life? So as Sandy mentioned, our theme this month, both at Rio and at Moms, is gratitude. And within that context, I've been asked to speak about three things. One, why we even started Missions Moment at Moms. And two, why we support organizations like Chicken Buso, like 31 Bits. Why do we highlight uh, Trees of Hope and the Shepherd's Way? And three, how God has specifically defined missions within my life, my marriage, my family. So for the answers to those questions to really make sense to you, it's important that you understand the steps in the process that put me here in front of you today. So when I was initially approached about five or six months ago about speaking on the topic of gratitude, uh, the Spirit very quickly and very clearly spoke two things, being grateful for the process and the word unveiling to me. So through prayer and many people in this room even praying for me uh, and different devotions and scripture, he brought me very specifically to 2 Corinthians three, sixteen through 8. And let me share that with you. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, don't make me cry, Dee. And we, <laughs> who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Amen. 
And also, and to tie in with the verse that Sandy presented from uh, Colossians 3.17 this morning, Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances, not some circumstances, right? It's very specific. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So I began to understand what he meant, being thankful for the process of transformation, right? And more recently, uh, when my friend Abigail Pendrack and I prayed through exactly what God would want me to share with you today, we both continued to hear the word humility. So as God's plan for me today came into focus, I became increasingly uncomfortable. Initially, I thought, you know what, God, I'm good. I've got this. I can absolutely get up, and I can share with everybody that we need to be thankful for the process. And, of course, we're supposed to be humble and all of that. But very quickly, it became clear to me that these were not the reasons he gave me the words that he did. The unveiling, the humility, those were for me to help you understand that we must, we must be willing to be vulnerable in front of one another. So let me share with you an excerpt from a book that my friend Maritza gave me, and it's an amazing book. If you have not read this book, it's called Sacred Marriage. Uh, it's by Gary Thomas, and I know that, Mary Beth, you've often talked about this book. Um, it's just spoken. God has used it to speak so much humility and love into my life, and as a result, my marriage, and in my children's lives, and I, I highly recommend the book. And I want to just paraphrase one bit here. Um, it is no easy discipline, this cooperating in sanctification. My tendency is to hide my faults rather than work on trying to transform them. Every day, I am choosing to either spend my energy covering up my mistakes and trying to create a false, glittering image, or I am repenting and cooperating with God to become a more holy person. Living with people made in the image of God calls me to honesty and to growth in sanctification, provided I allow my relationships to remind me of God's presence and his claims on my life. So part of the process of my sanctification was repenting of a really dumb choice I made in college. There's no other way to describe it. In a series of really dumb choices that, for the sake of time, I just refer to as my 20s, um, <laughs> just kind of get that whole decade out of the way. It was 1994, and I was in my junior year at Penn State. I had a good friend who, at the time, had a really promising football career, big football school, and out of absolute and sheer, utter stupidity, we had unprotected sex one night. So about five weeks later, that decision resulted in an abortion. Thinking selfishly of only his future... And my goals in life, which I don't even know that I really understood what they were at that time, but I knew they definitely did not include being a mom at the age of 22. So I never even told him what I had decided. I never even told him that I had been pregnant. So within taking what at the time seemed like a 100 pregnancy tests, hoping I, I would get a different result, um, and without hesitation, two of my sorority sisters, two of my closest friends, they drove me to a clinic, and that, I thought, was that. But because I had, at the time, no personal relationship with Christ, I see now the downward spiral of guilt and shame that it created in my life. But God tells us in Ephesians 1.11 that he works out everything in the conformity with the purpose of his will. So in my 30s, as I came to truly know Christ as my Savior and came to understand that our God, he knew the stupid choices I would make. 
He knew them already. And our God has known forever how he would use my sin to glorify himself. So before I was even born, he chose me and he planted a seed in my heart to love him and to love the least of his children. Oftentimes, moms who were in the same circumstances I was in, and they made the right choice. Widows, orphans, victims of abuse, those who often, as Sandy mentioned, have no voice in this world. They have nothing compared to what we have. He knew how he would use my choices and my sin to transform me and to nurture the seed that he had already planted. So when we repent of our sin and we trust that God will give us the courage to lift that veil and walk in his obedience, he will use the process of sanctification to bring others closer to him through us, through our story. So he has done this already in my family's life by giving my husband, who granted said he would never go on a missions trip. He has a heart for Haiti, and he now has a heart for adoption. (laughs) It was he who trained my ear to listen when the Spirit spoke missions moment into my heart. So why do we highlight organizations like Chikambuso and Trees of Hope, all those organizations that you've read about in your magazines over the last couple years? Why do we do that? Well, maybe abortion isn't uh, a piece of the puzzle that is your specific life, but chances are very good that you too have experienced something dark, something sad, a sin of your own perhaps, or a sin against you. So I want you to fill in the blank. Rape, sexual abuse, sexually transmitted disease, infidelity, a delinquent husband, or a father who refuses to pay child support. So now I want you to imagine all those things And think about the fact that you are facing them with no access to medical care, no access to a fair legal system, and chances are you never even went to school. In places like Haiti and Africa, our sisters in Christ, you know what? They are experiencing those kinds of things just as a part of their everyday life. They're just used to it. And they have often no voice, no one to stand up for them. But through our obedience to the Lord and making missions moments, Part of moms, we have helped to give them love and hope and dignity where maybe there were none of those things before. So today we're focusing on Chicken Busso and 31 Bits. And I want to say thank you to especially my friends Maria Burrell and Wendy Luzar because I have to leave a little bit early from the meeting and they are totally taking over the sale. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Chicken Busso, let me give you a little bit of background if you weren't here last year for this. Through skill training and microenterprise, they support some of the most vulnerable women and children in Zambia, Africa, women whose lives in, in most cases have been absolutely devastated by the AIDS crisis there. So it started 10 years ago with just a few widowed mothers, some recycled garbage bags and shopping bags, a crochet hook, a pair of scissors. And this group now is 45 widows, 25 at-risk youth, and they are supporting themselves and their families. 31 Bits is new to us this year. Sandy brought that um, to my attention uh, last year, and it's just an amazing organization. They started in 2005 after five college friends got a firsthand look at life in northern Uganda, where nearly two million people have been displaced from their homes as a result of the ongoing and catastrophic war spreading through East Africa. Most of these women have few chances for employment and few chances for education. So your purchase today supports the holistic approach 31 Bits takes toward each of the 38 women in their developmental program that focuses on education, 
health, faith, and financial independence. So yes, you may leave today, and I hope you do, with some awesome pieces and some amazing Christmas gifts, um, but know that it goes beyond that, that you have played a role in empowering our fellow moms. So in closing, I come back to the three things I believe God wants you to take away from this morning. One, he does speak to us. Two, he does redeem sin for his glory. And lastly, what, what is he calling you to unveil? What is it? So I pray that you will prayerfully and obediently consider how God would be using your story. How does he want to use your past to draw those around you closer to him? Thank you.